foot enthusiasts, minimal footwear lovers, or anyone trying to fix your own feet, I'm heading to North Carolina this May to lead a live, in-person, three-day retreat all about feet. I'm going to be at the Art of Living Retreat Center, which is up in the mountains of North Carolina. It's so beautiful there. And are you ready to hear what I'm calling it? The retreat is called Healing Your Soul, a stepwise approach to building forever functional feet. That's so good, right? If you want to learn all about how to take care of the muscles, bones, joints, fascia, and nerves of the feet, and learn how strong feet and ankles relate to sustainable hips and knees, this event is for you. In addition to the classroom and movement time with me, you're on retreat. So there's delicious meals, a nature-rich campus that you can explore on foot, and plenty of time for rest and relaxation, all included. A retreat is a perfect way to care for yourself in the moment, but also in the future. You are coming to learn a massive toolkit of information. So whether you're a competitive runner, a dynamic ager, or a healthcare practitioner, this is a weekend full of movement for you and your feet. And like I said, you're gonna leave with a toolkit and a big swag bag that you can use to train your feet for life. For more information about the movement sessions, the food, the center, head to my website, nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. That's nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. This is Katie B, and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com slash podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Katie Says Podcast. This is the seventh in a series of special episodes we call Between the Lines, wherein Katie Bowman and Stephanie Domat explore the deeper messages in and connections between Katie's books. I'm Katie Bowman, biomechanist and author of Move Your DNA. And I am Stephanie Domet, a chronically curious writer and radio journalist. Katie, you will soon be taking off for New Zealand. What are you most looking forward to about that trip? I think New Zealand proper. I think uh, the wilderness of New Zealand, the people of New Zealand, getting to know the the food of New Zealand. I just like a regular traveler, just to go and and see what happens. We're going without a plan or a minimal plan, anyway. So it's kind of exciting. That's great. And it's already been a busy month for you. Here we are, end of September, when this podcast comes out. Uh, You had the Ancestral Health Symposium in Seattle, a couple of library visits around Washington State, your first Movement Matters retreat. Can you talk a little about the idea of that? Movement Matters retreat. You know, I had a a social media break and and I'm trying to figure, I'm always trying to change the way that I do my work so that it aligns more with my work. And as I discover areas that can use tweaking, I tweak. Mm. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, I started working with individuals and then small groups and then larger, you know, I just kind of like scaled to 2 million podcast episodes (laughs) downloaded, right? So congratulations for that milestone. Backpats all around. Yes. But then I'm like, okay, but I'm trying to scale back the other way because... There's just qualities of what I teach that are communicated in smaller direct formats. So I'm trying to do more of the vitamin community, I guess, in my work, helping create 
communities of other people who are doing this kind of thing in their local areas, but also just to connect more with people directly. Movement Matters retreats. And so I've always taught, I've always led movement workshops, but they've always been of the alignment matters nature. Right. So how do we have movement matters workshops? And I thought, well, we've talked about this a little bit before. It's the idea that part of your work is non-exercise work, right? Where, where we're doing work for some greater good besides our own personal physical health benefit. At the same time, like honoring that we need these correctives to transition to be just overall more competent movers in nature, right? Movement matters really explicitly defines nature as something that we need and actually says all these other movements we've been doing over here in like alignment matters. Mm -hmm. Those are actually elements of nature that we've been tinkering with them kind of in the laboratory of the indoor climate controlled, you know, non-nature or highly fabricated equipment type things. And so like we're trying to move away from that. So putting all those things together, we have movement matters retreats, which are two day events that blend exercise classes with labor on some sort of farm or space where that labor that you're doing is creating, in this case, it was at Finn River Organic Farm in Cidery. So we are tending apple trees, apple harvesting. There's also a lot of seed research going on and salmon research. So participating in those research projects a little bit with our physical labor, helping do some of the labor that these farms require, and then partaking in the process, even in a tiny bit, as much as we can in a few hours of the process. So you learn about how cider is made and that includes sampling it of course right so you're obviously duh (laughs) and you're with a small group of 30 people so there's the community you're outside you're walking over the farms you've got this texture there's barefoot experiences and so it's just kind of like putting all those things together on day Mm -hmm. one participating in some sort of system becoming more informed about what we pay as an end user and, and the cost, like what we're actually valuing an hour of labor at. Right. And then the second day is another element of movement that's not teased out tremendously in Move Your DNA, but will in the next book, which is like, you know, we'll say, oh, walking, you know, natural walking is, you know, unshod or minimally shod over natural terrain. And you have to have grade uphill, downhill, da, da, da. Another element is that long distance is the thing. There's a different mm-hmm. skill set required. There's there's different parts of your bodies used, more parts of your bodies used, not only your body, parts of the body used more. There are more parts of your bodies used when you have to go over 20 miles than when you go five or eight. So that's the big physical feat is I'm there as well as our staff to kind of help teach people how to become long distance walkers. And you get to actually accomplish that in a heavily supported environment in your community. And that's day two. So that's a movement matters retreat, putting all that together. It's fantastic. Bucket list type stuff. Yes. And it's a, it's like the first non-fitness movement retreat, right? Yeah. As far as like in, in our circles, what I'm trying to create is like, it's like to educate, it's to educate about our food systems or our, any of, any of the, the labor systems that we participate in daily to educate, to help you embody some of that labor. And then of course, there's going to be more of different types. You can pick 
what you're interested in. Like we've got a lot of different ones planned of, of different food types or non-food labor types. And I imagine someone's going to be like, I always, I love this and I buy this yeah. all the time, but I never even knew what went into it. And now I'm more knowledgeable about this thing that I consume daily. And of course we imagine it being fun and joyous and, and indulgent on a certain level that you've carved that much time out for yourself that you're in this space. And so, yeah, that's what's going on. I, because we're going into New Zealand for, mm-hmm. for two months, I'm unsure uh, without a plan of what my regular work schedule can be. I know that I have to work, but I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what the infrastructure of another country is, you know, plus travel. So I like tried to pack as much work into September. I feel like I ended up doing <laughs> two months worth of work in 30 days. Cause I was like, well, I don't know. So I have all these things that have to be done that I'm moving around in these months. So I'll just do them all right now. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually a long plane ride to just sit there. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. I bet. Hey, listen, about the Movement Matters retreat, do I have to have, you know, read the book to fully benefit from from attending one of these? Oh, no. No. I mean, it's nice because we're kind of talking about the ideas in it, but it's not something that you have to it's something that you learn just by doing, right? right? It's again, like, do we need any books to learn this stuff in that books or do all books hold, hold the, just the things that are the truths of the world that you experience by being out in it. So mm-hmm. absolutely not required. Of course, here at Between the Lines, reading the book is what we do. We always recommend reading the book just because it's such a great experience. Well, like we're, we are book nerds. We so are. Of course. We're going to be like, why wouldn't you read the are. book? Yes, exactly. Um, And and we understand that. (laughs) This week we're reading Diastasis Recti, a a book that you described as complete during our lightning round word association quiz back in our very first episode. And now that you're not under the pressure of that lightning round, will you say a little more about Diastasis Recti? How would you describe this book? Complete. That's interesting (laughs) that I blurted that. I wonder if I was, you know, okay, so the complete comes from, I think that was like a lightning pun complete meaning like intact of the abdomen, you know, of this part of the abdomen. And then out of all of the exercise books that I've done, the exercise type books, diastasis recti is is the most robust in defining the problem and offering graduated steps, you know, like level one, level two, level three, lifestyle one, lifestyle two, lifestyle three. Like it's just, it's really, it's really robust. Mm. And it is, it is my it's my core strength book. It's got the name diastasis recti on it, but it's my, it is my core strength book. Like, I don't think I would write another book about the trunk. I mean, one, I don't really like to pull out various body parts, but I recognize that those are from our, to call in our earlier conversations, they're keyholes for people. There Mm -hmm. are people who will come to an idea simply because they have a, a local manifestation of a, of a symptom of sedentarism. So diastasis recti is that it's a book. I mean, again, it's an everybody book. If you were going to build a library of, of movements to do, it would just go there next to move your DNA and whole body barefoot as being another set of movements that the body, you know, that, that nourishes the body in a particular way that kind of completes the movement diet, if you will. It's for everyone. But let's talk about the title for a sec, because you're basically saying, hey, do you have a diastasis recti? This is the book for you. Yeah. Yes. And I think of a funny story. Books get submitted for book awards. Yes. And you and you pick it, as we know. And diastasis recti was 
submitted to health and fitness in one particular awards, and then you get the feedback. So part of the submission to the awards is you get expert feedback on, you know, cover design and content or whatever they're feeding back on. And some of the feedback on diastasis recti was like, this is a really helpful, great book. You know, it's got all these things to do for the trunk and, and, and anyone could benefit. Like the exercises are so stepwise, mm-hmm. what I call like uh, graduated, like they're the, the program is starts at such a basic level that this is like, it could be for goldeners. It could be for people who are injured. It could be for all this stuff. So therefore I'm marking it down because it has a title of diastasis recti when it could have been a book for everyone. It could have just been, you know, a core strength book, right? which I found interesting feedback (laughs) because Well, I mean, it's, it's like they know, like they're talking from like a, a, we know books and what books and what, how you could have sold more books. And they didn't even know, like, and it was also like, what a strange title. This is the worst title. And I was like, yeah. not if you have a diagnosis of diastasis recti, it's not. It is, and you're Googling it. It is the only book, Yeah, at least at the time that I was writing it. And it's the only layperson book that actually says, here's what you could be doing for the thing. Like, to me, you know, when you make something so, so general, the person with diastasis recti, and this is a problem I run into in my work over and over again. If you have diastasis recti, you do not think that you need a general core strength book. You huh. need a book that talks to your situation. If you have plantar fasciitis, you want the book with plantar fasciitis in the title. Mm-hmm. We are we are so trained, I think it's you know, that we need a specific set of understandings for the things that we have that this idea that I'm introducing, which is like, well, what if many of these things are just symptoms of the same thing, which is sedentarism? So it's kind of like every, like dehydration will manifest in 12 different ways. But in the end, the book says, drink more water or drink this many cups of water, which is an analogy I write about in the front of one of my books in the foreword of it. So this was like the one time I decided not to do that and put diastasis recti on the cover because it's such a prevalent issue. It's becoming more normalized, meaning at this point, because of a change in definitions, everyone's really like any separation. There's a lot of people who think that any separation, you know, like even as you're if you're pregnant and things are stretching out and your two halves of your rectus abdominis or the two rectus abdominis, I guess, are moving away from each other. Like there's no amount of normalcy it's becoming to the point where everyone, especially if they go through a pregnancy, will hear this term put upon them. So to me, I wrote a book for this group of people who is searching for information specific to them and feeling like none of it pertains where anyone who wants a general core strength book, there's like a million of those. Right. I can't speak to their effectiveness, but there are a ton of them, but there are a not to this group of mostly women who have this issue and again, just I think are underserved often. So I I found it was really interesting. The perspective was this book is great, but it's, it's a terrible name, like not evaluating, like it's actually the perfect name for the audience that I wrote it for. So yeah, that's a little behind the scenes of what it's like to be in publishing. So do you have moments where you think, you know, I really should have called that book something like, you know, junk in your trunk or you have an abdomen, here's how to better use it. No, but there are times when I consider publishing a second book with a different cover 
<laughs> and writing a different forward and selling that exact same book to people who would never get it because they don't have diastasis recti. I'm like, is that what I need to do? Do I need to, because I've already done the labor of writing the book, simply republish the same book under five different titles to sell five times more copies or really and my intention is not to sell books as much as it is to reach, get that information into like that many more people. Like, is it just that simple? I mean, maybe. If, if, if that, yeah. And like, but wouldn't that be totally weird? Like, wouldn't that be weird to say, I'm going to write one book, but here's the thing. I'm just going to repackage that sucker. Yeah. Like almost like changing the subtitles on a movie to make it like slightly more translatable to a different office. To me, that would be like, you don't do that in publishing, but we might be at the new stage in publishing going, no, you just, you just change the cover. You change a few key terms and there you go. You got a you got a, a general core strength book. So which seems like a niche core strength book if you're not, you know, if you don't open the cover. Exactly. So yeah, that that's more what I think about. It's never like should I change another title. It's more like could I do that? Like that to me would be <laughs> do I need to? cheating. Like it would be cheating. But uh, yeah. yeah, like I imagine someday all of my books they all have whole body in the title. All of yeah. the, there's like a, a, a section of my books that all have whole body where. They get released as a single set where it is like the whole body. Yes, the like whole body box, box. the whole body box. I love it. You know, and they're all the same size and like maybe they're wrapped in a gold box, kind of like my <laughs> Little House on the Prairie series, you know, or my Trixie Belden mm-hmm. books, you know, where where you're like, you just work through all of this. Like you need all these exercises. But um, anyway, that's the, that, that's the question that keeps me up late at night. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a diastasis recti, but I do have an abdomen and I really dig this book. I found a lot in it for me. If you have a trunk, yeah. this book is for you. Diastasis recti has has this in common with Don't Just Sit There and, and probably with, with some of the other books as well. They both start with a section called Think. And we've talked before about the most important change that you can make is is changing your mind. Can you talk a little about why that is so vital to the understanding of your work? I think a, a broad, you know, stroke on my work is that corrective exercises aren't a solution because I think there is this idea that to fix a physical ailment, you just do some exercises on it until it like fixes kind of like, kind of like, you know, like if you have a broken arm, you put a cast on it and then the body itself does the work of healing that the exercises are like a cast and the body itself does a its own work for healing, which I agree with in both cases. The, the difference is in the case of a broken arm, there was a trauma that you were like, oh, when I got hit by a bat, that broke my arm. And that's an experience that we have. So that's where that example comes from. <laughs> Whereas in a lot of the other ailments where we are trying to use corrective exercises as casts, what we're not aware of is the bat that broke our arm is not usually the thing that we think it is. And so the bat's not going to likely come back and hit your arm again. So thus that cast, that temporary thing that you did works. For a lot of people doing corrective exercises, they need them indefinitely because the bat that's hitting them all the time is their life, their lifestyle, Uh their sedentarism. And so that's the first thing I want to put right out there is like, these are not really going to work. Like one of the reasons you have to keep doing the corrective exercises or the thing keeps manifesting the 
issue keeps manifesting over and over and over again is you didn't change your life. You did not take the bat out. You keep whacking the bat on your body part and you don't know it yet because, because everyone's whacking the bat in the same way around you. Hashtag uh-huh. whack the bat. Movement matters. <laughs> that was a role reversal that time. It's got to happen. It has to grow. <laughs> It's like it naturally follows. The whisper naturally follows the hashtag. No, I, I'm because picking up what you're laying down, girl. If not, it just becomes a battle of hashtag, and then we're right there at that SNL skit. Hashtag agreed. Ex- <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right, where were we? We were repeatedly we were, whacking our body parts with a bat. Yes, yes. And so, like, that's that's the piece that I want to get out there is that we have to think bigger than we're missing three or four muscle strengths. It's like you're missing three or four habits in your life, components of your life, parts of your house that keep you in this, in this cycle. And I don't mind that people need to exercise over and over Mm -hmm. and over again. That doesn't bother me. The reason I'm trying to address that is when you work with enough people over a long enough period of time, what you recognize is there's a desperation that begins to mount when you are taking the advised steps and things don't get better because you've been told that the advised steps are the solution. And then what happens is when they don't work or you find yourself, it's back again, Mm. that there then becomes this kind of cycle of, oh, it's just, there's a victimization to your experience. There's a desperation that casts a hue on everything that you want to do with your body. And then I've seen it over and over again. And then there becomes a fear of movement. And then I actually think that this phase, this this cycle that I'm talking about informs the next generation about how their bodies are supposed to work. And then, and then you have a next group of people who aren't moving because they already know that like that these things are inevitable to them. And then we have these narratives about the long history of ailments handed down from generation to generation within our family. And then sometimes that's reinforced with the idea that you have the genetics for it. And so I'm like, just trying to go, let's, let's change the entire system here. Is exercise something that humans need? No, it's something that humans in a particular cultural use to spot nourish. And then let's talk about what we understand about nourishment. Is it something that we need to do one time or do we nourish ourselves regularly through the day? Yes. Now let's talk about buying supplements and in all these bottles and and like where they're manufactured and, and like harvesting here. Is this something that you could get from your diet that you just don't know how to eat in a particular way? And so therefore you're having to buy them over here. Like I'm just trying to get to the root of it to offer a different paradigm and to make that paradigm kind of as robust as possible. So that's what I'm opening. That's why I'm opening the book with think and think is just a different, we use the word think and then we use the word move, but I would interject that thinking is just movement for your mind, right? That your mind has to move first so that your body can move more fully. So I could put mind movement and then I could put body movement. I could change that if you want. I can even go back and change it on the books that I've already written. If, but I think that that's, that is, that's my intention by putting those two sections apart. Because I think if you jump to move and you don't do the think part, 
you won't get to the root of it. Like you, you could make those hours you invest in movement so much more effective, I think, by having a, a broader perspective. Nice. You know, one nugget from this book that I find myself thinking about all the time, uh, and here's where it's, you know, it's it's an obvious good read, even for those who, who don't have the, the titular ailment. Uh, you write, there's no reason for your abdominal muscles to be working when you are sitting in a chair. And every time I sit in a chair, I hear your voice <laughs> saying that line and I just release. As so many of us are, are habitual suckers in of guts. What do you want to say about why we might want to think about doing that differently? Well, I mean, that's interesting that that was your takeaway of that piece. So my intention with that piece is when you sit, sitting is a, sitting is a scenario that we put ourselves in that requires outsourcing. I mean, Uh when you're fully using a chair, the chair does the work for you. It's not to say that when you're sitting, you shouldn't be using your abdominal muscles. It means that why, why would your abdominals be tensing if there's the back of the chair right there to do the work? That the natural response of being in a chair is to allow the chair to do the work. Right. Okay. Which, which is a different statement than if you're sitting in a chair, you shouldn't be engaging your abdominal muscles because engaging your abdominal muscles in a chair is really my recommendation, right? That's why it's like, you need to sit differently to stop outsourcing so much to your chair. If you're going to be sitting still. Okay. Still continuing, not sitting in place in an ongoing way. Yeah. Correct. Thank you. Okay. So that's different than your particular takeaway, although it's the, this is what is, makes writing so challenging is because we hear it, we hear it as we hear it. So yeah. now to your second point though, which was, so, so, so I'm like right now I'm processing how you heard it. So you heard it as when you're like, so we've all been told that we're supposed to have good posture in a chair, right? Yeah. I think that, so, so that if I'm sitting in a chair holding my stomach in that that's wrong because why would you be doing that when the chair's right here? It's doing all the work or it's it could be doing, doing all the work. It's what it's there yes. for. Yeah. Yes. So this whole thing is fascinating right now. <laughs> well, I guess I've conflated these, these two ideas, right? About sucking in your gut or outsourcing your movement to the chair. I'm kind of like in this axis. Well, them. so like my overall recommendation is get rid of the chair. So this conversation is moot. But we're in a chair. Right. Oh, we're in a chair. So what am I supposed to be doing in a chair? And so diastasis recti, the first thing is sit differently, right? Like stop outsourcing to the back of your chair. Now, I would say that out, that outsourcing the work to a chair is a different issue than sucking in your stomach while you're in a chair. Like one way to work more, like if you're going to be in a chair you need to figure out a way to work more while you're in that chair or you don't. But I would say like, that's my, right. if you're, if you're asking how to move more, it would be outsource less, which means scoot your back away from the chair. Right. Now you're on the front of the chair. And now your abs are going to do something. Now you're, yes. Yeah, so now you're, now your torso, right? If you imagine kind of like a, like a, like a beam going straight up, it's going to tend to fall front to back to right to left and all the degrees in between. Now your core musculature has to take a little bit more responsibility for that which is different than Mm -hmm. sucking in your stomach. So to your point of what we're sucking in our stomachs all the time, we need to not do that. Yes, absolutely. And that's a key part of diastasis recti, which is 
There is a difference between allowing your torso to work and sucking your stomach in. So we've, we've kind of conflated this idea that I need more core strength, which requires more trunk musculature contraction with, so therefore I will just tense everything. And now I'm working my trunk all the time. So diastasis recti really separates between those two ideas, which is like you, you need an active trunk, but bracing abdominal bracing or sucking in your stomach is not the same thing as having a responsive core to the fact that your torso is falling forward, back, right, left, and all the degrees in between all of the time when it's upright. Okay. I know. It's technical. Hashtag technical. I whispered the, whisper the hashtag. What are you going to do about it? No, no, I feel like we're evolving to the next level with the whispering of the hashtags, and I'm not sure I can totally keep up. Well, we'll see how it goes. Okay. So, so where does this book land in the, in the spectrum that we always come back to the alignment matters, movement matters spectrum. I mean, there's, there's a subsection in this book called alignment matters. So maybe that's a a bit of a clue. It's kind of both. I mean, I think all of the whole body series, right? So there's all of the little books. So alignment matters and movement matters kind of fall outside the whole body series, but the whole body series is move your DNA and whole body barefoot transitioning, you know, like they all have whole body in the title. Those are books that really say, here are the correctives, alignment matters. And here is a larger look at the issue, the, like the non-moving lifestyle around it. And that's movement matters. You will also see a lot of the exercises very similar to dynamic aging are more like, and, and because it's often more times prevalent. I don't even know if it's more prevalent in women, but I don't know if a man going in for like a hernia or whatever would even be checked for that. I think like to even be checked for a diastasis, it's not like a standard checking. So many people could have it. We don't even know. Because we have this idea that this is something that just happens to pregnant people. Exactly. And that's not, it's, it's both genders, it's children, it's nulliparous women. So a nulliparous means having not born a child. Correct. Yes. Got one. It's nice to have a big fancy word. Right? <laughs> I think so. I do too. So you'll see a lot of the correctives relate to carrying things. Like here's how to put more more non-exercise work in. You know, how to think about moving when you're not exercising. That's what's movement matters about all of the books. Anytime we step outside of that, here's your 12 exercises. Here's the program. The end. We're talking more about non-exercise movement and non-exercise movement is really what's hallmark. I think too, about movement matters is, is that we have got to start discussing more than exercise or people are never going to move more than an hour a day, which is sedentarism. I don't care how many exercises you stuff in that hour or even two hours, we are still sedentary. And if none of that exercise or movement that we do is to serve non-exercise purposes, then we're completely outsourcing. And so, so I'm always like talking more to like steer people towards away from sedentarism and away from outsourcing, which are two different goals. Yeah, you write, if the physical outcome of your body isn't working for your life, 
then it's the life that has to change to get your body working. And I, I want to just want just hang out with that idea for a sec because this is basically your thesis over and over in every book. It's it's always in there, and it is simple. It's profound, and it, frankly, it's a little terrifying. <laughs> are you are you feel terrified? I'm sorry. I mean, it, I mean, you know, people often are. I am like resistant to change. Yeah. And so that it's a that's the the profundity of of what you're saying, and it's it's as you've been saying. You know, if you keep hitting your yourself with the bat, you're gonna come up with the same result, no matter how many kind of correctives you're doing. I love that I use the bat and a broken arm as this violent example on the podcast. In the book, it's like sun on a carpet. Do you remember? Yeah, look, the sun's fading. It was more gentle. It's so gentle. The sun's just fading the carpet there. It doesn't matter. It's just, doesn't matter. You keep moving the carpet. You're just going to fade another spot. You have to like fix the sun. And here it's like, if you whack yourself with a bat. So (laughs) I'm, I'm really hearing I'm hearing this idea that you're expressing as like terrifying. And so like resistant to change, like we've used that terminology before, but I feel like when we say, and I I say it about myself all the time, like resistance, like resistance to change has been the narrative that we have used for a very long time. Mm. What movement matters is saying is that what if you are not resistant to change, that you are resistant to movement, that it's that your natural state is resistant to movement, that you're not at all resistant to change, that change is inevitable, that if you go sit outside, you will see that everything is constantly changing around you. You're not resistant to change at all. You're just changing over into the same thing over and over and over again because of your resistance to movement. I think that we've reframed, maybe we've just never known or understood, we've reframed resistance to movement as resistance to change when change, like we are natural beings, therefore change is inevitable and constant. Seasons come and go, we change, we change, we change, but there's this resistance to movement and there is an unconscious, constant seeking of things that allow us even less movement And that if you can reframe everything in terms of this is saving me movement, the very thing that I've already declared out loud in my journal and whatever as the thing that I want, then we'll see all the time, like you're actually picking something that you don't want over and over and over again because you haven't framed it in movement. So like, I'm just trying to constantly do that to say, oh, it looks like a, you know, like I'm trying to help see things in terms of movement because I think a resistance to movement, a resistance to expend extra energy is such a, it's a less judgmental way of understanding ourselves. It's just Mm. like an, it's a, it's a, a conservation thing. It's a thing that we understand about nature and, and the, the species that live within it. So therefore, oh, we're the same as everything else. Like we're just resistant to the physical change. It's just that some of us, you know, who have a certain amount of power are able to to do that more and more, the thing that it is that we've vocalized that we don't want. And so if you're doing something that you don't want to be doing, to me, the first way of changing that is to recognize it, to see it, and to keep working to see it as terrifying as it is. So to me, it's the opposite of terrifying. To me, it's like, 
So there's something that I could be doing. To me, and this is just everyone has their nature, to me, not knowing the laws on which I'm operating under, the the physical laws, that's terrifying. How right. how how can I negotiate this earth if I don't understand how the earth works? And so like that's really just what motivates me all the time is to try to understand what are the rules, you know, and, and yeah. like the rules that that I follow or that I'm trying to understand are at like the, like the natural law level, the, the physical laws has been my personal pursuit. So just reframing things into that. So it's interesting, like what terrifies one? Liberates another. Exactly. It's a lullaby yeah. to the other one. So it's, it's, it's so helpful, I think, these discussions between people informed in all different ways because it just, it just, helps, it just helps everyone, I think. So you're saying it's okay if I like gradually loosen my grip on the bat that I've been using to break my arm over and over. Totally. As long I, as I keep loosening it. I, I, you know what? I don't even say you have to loosen it. I just see the bat might be the work of a lifetime. <laughs> right. Just see the bat. Seeing the bat helps inform the next group because we are informing, like we're, we're bequeathing what we know. So just seeing it might be all that gets accomplished. In this go round. Seeing it with one eye is like out of the corner of your eye, squinting like you're like, I'm just going to look over there. Ah, I see it. I'm afraid. Okay, that's fine. You you can't take away really that you've seen it like that will inform the next group. So really don't have any other agenda. I guess all of this is just me working through (laughs) what I what I felt like I needed to do with my life. And I'm I'm happy with that. No no one else needs to do a thing for me to do that. Hmm. I'm going to still work on loosening my grip on the bat. Whatever you want, whatever you want. <laughs> I want to talk about chapter nine for a sec. Drop your ribs. The best chapter ever. The best chapter in any of your books. And I've read them all twice. And drop your ribs. A message so important it merits its own chapter, though the chapter is just five short sentences, which basically amount to drop them. Yeah. Why is that so important in, in this book? Well, I mean, if we talk about book structure, I mean, I, I, an, an editor will tell you that you know, like the, each chapter, it warranted being its own chapter, right? There was a reason it was separate. It's not just to have, when you're writing a book, for those who don't know, you don't just take, you know, your words and divide them by 10 mm-hmm. and then give them each a chapter. Like it's not. Oh, a, if only that were how you did it. It'd be it. so much easier. So easy. It'd be so much easier to do it that way. Like a, a chapter is saying like, this is an idea that really requires a beginning, a middle and an end. And it fits within this larger narrative, but it, it's called out in a particular way because of its importance and its separateness. So I'd already talked about it. It had already been described and mentioned in other places where it was pertinent. Still, it was such an important concept that it needed its own chapter simply because you are perceiving importance by what's the chapter titles. Like if you just skimmed chapter headings, someone else has done that work to help you say, hey, this is important. Read this section, you know, or that this this section is important. And even if you didn't read it, the chapter header gives you, it informs you of importance. Like you're not just reading words. The, the structure is informing you, is shaping you. So I was like, well, it's important. I don't really have anything else to say about it. I, 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 I'm not going to, I'm not going to belay. In fact, adding more words to restate it would almost detract from like, this is so important. It gets its own chapter. You already know what to do. Yeah. So do it. So do it. Drop them. 
so do it is is like the importance of the chapter. Like so like one in one section it's explaining how it works and here's how you tell if you're doing it. But in case it wasn't clear, so do it was the important part. Not that you grasped and could regurgitate the explaining, but that you do it. Mm is the important part. It's the 30 hours, right? That chapter is worth 30 hours. That's the, the so back you, to back to body school the, philosophy. Exactly. Yeah. You got to do it. Like knowing about it is not the, that you could regurgitate, draw me a diagram, pass a test on that section. It's that your body physically does it is how you know it. And so it got its own chapter. I love it. Um, this is maybe the right place to segue to a diastasis recti move. <laughs> Well, what should it be? Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Let's, let's uh let's drop our ribs. <laughs> okay. So drop your ribs is like a meme. It's become like a meme, and that's great. Memes are effective because they 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 communicate, they trigger a response, you know, in, in a small amount of time. But drop your ribs is actually it's a triplanar move. And so I don't bust out triplanar too often. <laughs> But if we go back to, she's like, great. I'm in for it now. <laughs> so make sure everyone goes back and rereads chapter nine of Diastasis Recti. Heavy lifting there. Yes. So we've done this with our heads before. If you've ever ramped your head, and if you do not know what I'm saying right now, you can actually go to Nutritious Movement, subscribe to the newsletter. <laughs> yes. And in the process of subscribing to the newsletter, you will be taken to a small video clip of this exercise. So you can have video instruction if you want. It's called head ramping. Mm. And what you do is whatever your face, well, it might be the world if you're out walking around, you're going to put your hand, your finger, your index finger on your chin, right? So you're going to lower the chin a little bit. And then you're going to back the chin up like you're making a double chin. But at the same time, you're going to reach the top of your head up towards the ceiling. Mm -hmm. So you end up doing three motions. Your head rolls forward a little bit. And then when you, when you slide your chin back and up, you went back and up. So that's the other two planes. So you rotated forward, you displaced backwards, and you displaced up. Three planes of motion in one head ramping. You can do them all in one sweep, too. That's exactly what you're doing with the rib cage and drop your ribs. The rib cage is like, it's kind of like if you put your hands on your waist. Yep. And then slide them up to around your rib cage. So now your hands are on your ribs, yep. on your rib cage. The rib cage goes forward a little bit, kind of like you're doing a sit-up. Mm -hmm. But then it also moves backwards and up towards the ceiling. So the spine in between the, the rib cage and the pelvis gets decompressed a little bit. So you're going forward back and up all at the same time. That's dropping the ribs. Okay. Because triplanarly, like adjust triplanarly your ribs and then a big diagram isn't as catchy. <laughs> but yes. It's all marketing. Well, it's in there. I mean, at, at another point, it's like a, you need a, you need something to stimulate you doing right. it. And long-winded stimulations don't always work. So you're- right. But drop your ribs, very effective. And it can be ramp your ribs, right? right? So like ramp your head and ramp your rib cage. But of course, both of those things should really be done after you've shifted your pelvis oh, back. Yeah. You don't, you really, you start with your feet, right? You, you adjust your pelvis back and really you end up ramping your pelvis almost a little bit mm. as well. It's a little bit different, but yes. Yeah, so your pelvis shifts back and, and sometimes tips forward or back depending your knees straight. And then you, 
Then you ramp or drop your ribs, and then you adjust your head, and now you've mm-hmm. moved lots of parts of you that aren't moved during your normal stance. Feels entirely different. Yep. Great. All right, there you have it. We have been talking about Diastasis Recti by Katie Bowman, which you can find in paper book, in paper book, and in paperback where books are sold, <laughs> including online at nutritiousmovement.com. Uh, Katie, we mentioned at the beginning that you're you're off to New Zealand quite soon. What do you most want New Zealanders to know about you? <laughs> <laughs> that I'm approachable. If you see me, come up and say hi. Nice. Yeah. You probably won't bite. Never. Never. I don't think I've ever bit anyone. Whoa, that's a bold claim. Yeah, I was not a biter. I don't think I've ever bit anyone before. Well, never, never too late. I am someone who will swing a bat into your arm accidentally. <laughs> right. No, it you're someone out. who will. <laughs> this is something based on your life experience? Yes. We'll oh, just leave Katie. it at that. We'll leave yeah. it at that. Yeah, people can use their imaginations. Just kidding. I didn't swing the bat, but it did happen. You are the person who points out the bat. I, yeah, I'm just like this. I was a sedentary kid in the corner taking it all in. <laughs> Amazing. What a journey you've been on. It's been great. Um, in this little series, we are almost at the end of your books, Katie. Quick, write another one. No. Hashtag just kidding. <laughs> Hashtag I resent that. <laughs> uh, we, amazing we still have to do our deep dive on movement matters which uh, we will do when next we meet so if you've been reading along at home movement matters is the book to pick up next and there you have it yep uh, for now though that's between the lines on the katie says podcast you can find katie bowman at nutritiousmovement.com you can browse books and videos and alignment snacks and ever so much more find the newsletter there as well katie thanks for this conversation Thank you, Stephanie. I always appreciate it. Me too. I'm Stephanie Domet. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you find the general information in this podcast informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and should not be used as such. <laughs>